Everybody should have your Bible. Everybody should have your Bible. Read along with me. The messengers, the messengers of Christ. We're going to go to Genesis, the eighth chapter and 22, uh, where it all began. Amen. And certainly we know God was the one that destroyed uh, all of mankind with water. And he told us not with water, uh, with water next time, but with fire. Amen. Certainly. Uh, but it grieved him that he had to do it. And we can see, uh, we can see the promise that he made to each and every one of us. And I would encourage you to go back. We're just going to hit the main parts of these scriptures and we don't have time to go through them all. Uh, we don't want to do a continuance. Whatever subject I start, I, it's my intention to finish it uh, in that Bible class. And we don't go into another uh, Bible class with the same uh, subject. But tonight, the messengers of Christ. Genesis 8 and 22. Amen. We know God destroyed uh, mankind with water. Amen. But it grieved him that he had to do it. And you can read the whole uh, story of it, the account of it. Amen. And he made a promise to us. Amen. But he also let us know, come on somebody, not with water, but fire next time. There is going to be a reckoning. Come on somebody. God is going to uh, punish all evil, all ungodliness. Come on, somebody. My God. Amen. But he says, I'm going to have mercy. Let's look what he says. All right. Genesis 8 and 22. He made a promise. He said, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat, summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. Amen. Uh, even God realizing that man's heart was continually evil, he continues. He continues to have grace and mercy on each and every one of us. I was talking in our last message on Sunday, grace, the unmerited favor of God, uh, God's means of getting to you things that you don't deserve, a blessing. You know, me, we know we have a lot of blessings that come our way. We know we are not deserving of, we haven't dotted all our I's, crossed all our T's, but the grace of God, come on somebody, my God. And then he has mercy uh, to protect you, God's means of protecting you from the things that you do deserve. Come on somebody, my God, and we all deserve death. So even the songwriters say, your grace and mercy, my God has brought us through. Amen. We're living this moment because of him. It wasn't anything that we have done. Amen. It was his grace and mercy. So his promise, he said, I will not curse the ground anymore for man's sake, but I'm going to have mercy. While the earth remaineth, there will be seed time and harvest. This is a springtime. We'll soon be going into summer. Everybody now is going to the Eastern Market Flower Show. They're, uh, they're getting their selection of flowers that they're going to put out, amen, in anticipation of a beautiful uh, summer, amen. So they're planting, they're planting. And I want you to think about this uh, when we think about the body of Christ, amen. We should always be planting, always telling somebody of the goodness of Jesus, how he brought you out, how he delivered you. Come on, somebody. 
My God, uh, the songwriter, I'm living this moment because of him, not because of me. Amen. And certainly we ought to have this message and we ought to tell it everywhere we go. This is time. It's ripe. It's due season. Amen. For God inspired ministry right now. I mean, if, 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 a, if a people, if a nation ever needed a word from the Lord, come on somebody, we sure do need it now. Amen. Seed time and harvest. Amen. The Bible says, they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. But he asked the question, how can they call upon him whom they have not heard? How can they hear without a preacher? And how can the preacher preach except he be sent? Come on, somebody. My God, God inspired, God anointed ministry is what this world need today, amen? And certainly we know that this message begins at the head and it flows down throughout the entire body of Christ and then to the world, come on somebody, because we, every one of us, are members of the body of Christ. So it starts at the head. I'm gonna give you pastors after my own heart that's gonna do what? They're gonna feed you with what? Knowledge and understanding, amen? God-given, God-anointed ministry that goes to the body of Christ. Come on, somebody. And when that God-given ministry is in every member of the body of Christ, then it can flow to the rest of the world, amen? And they receive, amen? He said, you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, amen? If we can get the word in us, Amen. And you know, it's a hard time uh, containing somebody's uh, tongue, their conversation when they're, there's something that they're thinking about, they're excited about. They just can't keep it to themselves. My God, when we get excited about the word of God, somebody said, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, praise God for saving me. All right, let's go to Acts. Acts the eighth chapter, 26 and 31, amen. We should feel the call of God upon our lives, amen. Every moment, every moment we ought to feel the call of God upon our lives and God ought to be able to send you. Here, my Lord, send me. Come on, somebody. All right, Acts, the eighth chapter, we have the Ethiopian eunuch. Amen. That had received the word of God. Come on, somebody. Acts 8, we want 26 through 31. All right. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. My God. Can God send you to the desert? Some of us, we having a hard time just even over Facebook, you know, inviting. It's easy now to be a witness. You know, you can uh, add some, share this as a watch party. You can text somebody and say, hey, we're going on Facebook live. Come on, somebody. Don't People don't have to put on clothes and dress up and come to the church. That's all they have to do is join us. Come on, somebody. My God, if there's ever a time it's easy to witness, it's now. But here we have the angel of the Lord speaking to Philip, saying, I want you to go down to Jerusalem 
unto Gaza, from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Can he send you? And he arose and went, and behold, a man of, the, of Ethiopia. He was a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had a charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for the worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot. He read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. Can God use you? Come on, somebody. To minister to somebody that's seeking. This Ethiopian eunuch was seeking. There are a lot of people that are seeking God. They want answers. They want some comfort. They want some understanding. They want to understand the madness that's going on in the world today. And this Ethiopian eunuch was searching. And the scripture, the spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, how can I? except some man should guide me. My God, how can the world be saved except someone guide them? This is part of our mission, saints of God. The Bible tells us to occupy until he return. There's a work, there's a mission, there's a commandment for each and every one of us to fulfill. Amen? My God. Uh, this is not a place we come in and we retire, but there's a work for each and every one of us to do. God ought to be able to speak to your heart and send you to that individual that is seeking. Somebody said, here am I, Lord, send me. Can he send you to the desert? Are you willing, come on somebody, to join yourself? My God to somebody that is seeking, wanting to know. My God, and the Ethiopian eunuch said, how can I accept some man guide me? Come on, somebody. My God. Notice he didn't say, except God guide me. We are the members. We are the messengers. Come on, somebody. We are the hand. We are the feet. Come on, somebody. We are the, the mouthpiece that God is using today to speak and minister minister to a sick and dying world. Come on, somebody. And if the salt has lost its savor, what is it good for? My God, but to be trodden down and thrown out. Amen. I don't want to use my lose my usefulness in the house of God. Amen. So, what did Jesus said? He said, my father worketh hitherto and I work. I just want to explain this and we're not going to call that scripture, but you all can look it up. My father worketh hitherto. Uh, God in uh, father in creation. He did all that he could do to he got up to a point where he needed a body that could die, a body that could shed blood for who? Come on, somebody, my God, for us. So Jesus said, my father worketh hitherto, and I work. 
So he was that one, that sinless lamb that was slain. Come on, somebody. Shed his blood that you and I might have a right to the tree of life. Amen. So we are the ones that are working now. What he couldn't do through David, he did through Solomon. What he couldn't do through Solomon, he has to do through Jesus. And what Jesus is doing, he's doing it through us. My God, why would he have to go when he can send us? And we ought to be glad. We ought to be shouting glad. Come on, somebody. My God, just like the Hebrew boys ran back to Jerusalem uh, excited that they were counted worthy to suffer for the cause of Christ. Amen. Each and every one of us, we ought to be glad that we are a willing and a useful vessel in the house of God. All right. He tells us he heard us when we were crying out. Second Corinthians, the first chapter in the fourth verse. He heard us. Amen. Each and every one of us. Somebody ministered to us. Uh, we didn't have this thing all figured out. As a matter of fact, many of us, the first time we heard it, we rejected it. Hmm. But what did the father have to do? He had to grant repentance. Now, remember, Esau sought repentance with bitter, seed, bitter tears. Uh, don't take this thing for granted. Hey, come on, somebody. No man can come to the father except the son do what? The S-O-N, draw him. He drew you. I came to church and I got said, well, you better hold on there. <laughs> he drew you to him. Come on, somebody. My God. Anybody thank God uh, for the drawing? Come on, somebody. All right. When you were crying out, you were going to the dance uh, parties and on the dance floor, as they say, seeking for love in all the wrong places. Come on, somebody. My God, he didn't give up on you. You could have died in the crack house, could have died in the numbers house, could have died on the dance floor. Come on, somebody. You could have been the latest victim of a drive-by. Look what he says, 2 Corinthians, the first chapter and four. Who comforted us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. How are we going to do it? by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Anybody glad you're comforted of God? My God, if I wasn't saved right now, I, I, I'm, I would really be in a fearful, uh, have a lot of anxiety, wondering what's going on. You know ain't nobody representing you in the House of Representatives. Come on, somebody. Those people are helping themselves. Come on, somebody. My God. But what happened? Uh, Ephesians 2 and 1, and you hath he quickened, which were dead in trespasses and sins. Come on, somebody. When we didn't have no help, when we didn't have no hope, when we didn't have no future. And if you read on in, in 2 Corinthians, it says, but God, who's rich in mercy. Let's go back to uh, 2 Corinthians Ephesians, second Ephesians, uh, and you have a quicken. All right. Second Corinthians one and four says, who comforted us in all of our tribulation when we were searching, when we were looking, 
that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Come on, somebody. My God, aren't you glad? Amen. Somebody witnessed to you and you came a recipient of the love of God. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, those uh, Bosley hair commercials that say, well, I'm not just the club president. I'm also a client. Amen. We can all say that. <laughs> My God, I'm not just a, a, a member of the body of Christ. You know, somebody, I'm kept by that same comfort that brought me in here. He's comforting us right now because God is a man of his word. We know he's in control. We know he's soon to come. He said, I got you in the palm of my hand and no man can pluck you out. We can be just like the woman at the well. Come see a man. Come on, somebody knew the torment that I was going through. Didn't treat me like I was anything less. Come on, somebody didn't look down his nose at me. My God saw me in my wretched state and looked beyond my fault and saw my need. Come on, somebody. There's a whole lot of people need God to look beyond their fault and see our need to be saved. And guess what? Even after being in the body of Christ, he still have to look beyond some of my faults. I ain't all there yet. He's still working on me. I am a work in progress. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because he's comforting me. I'm on somebody. And we all are enjoying, I know I am, I'm enjoying the comfort of God. I may not be able to figure everything out, have everything, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, know just what's going to happen, what's going what's gonna to be in our future. Come on, somebody. My God. But I'm comforted by a word from God. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you until the end. Amen. And that same message that we have received, we can share with somebody else. Come on, somebody. Matthew 28 and 19. Matthew 28 and 19 is where the Trinitarians get it all mixed up. Turn with me there, Matthew 28, 19. We have been given the commandment to make more disciples. Amen. And I'm going to read the NIV version of that scripture. 28:19. I'm going to read the NIV. It says, uh, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So he's given us a commandment uh, to go out and make more disciples. This is our commandment. This is our duty. This is what we are to do. This is what we are about. Increasing the body of Christ. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. My God, he shed his blood for everyone. 
every nation, color, creed, background, history. Come on, somebody. My God, nationality. My God. Baptizing them what? In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And we know that that name is Jesus. Amen? So he's given us commandment, and he also has given us authority to make more disciples. The Bible said, he that winneth souls must be wise. Amen? Amen. First of all, we must do them, and we must do it God's way. If a man lacketh wisdom, let him do what? Come on, somebody. Ask of God. All right? Now, every commandment has been given unto us uh, is that we might not think about it, debate it, ponder it, that we might do it. Come on, somebody. Delayed obedience is rebellion. Yeah, you heard me. Delayed obedience is rebellion. Let's look at Acts 5 and um, Acts 5 and 32. All right, you all remember the disciples, they beat them and told them, uh, don't you preach and teach this stuff no more. And they asked the, the Sanhedrin court, who do you want us to obey? You or God? Come on, somebody. My God, you can read the whole account, but we're going to pick it up in Acts 5 and 32. And we are his witnesses of these things. How in the world are we going to not teach and preach something that we're eyewitnesses of? And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God have given to them that obey him. God has given us his spirit that we might obey him. And my God, the Bible says, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And certainly in facing situations that they were being threatened by the Sanhedrin court, you definitely need the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you definitely need the Holy Ghost leading you, guiding you and directing you and giving you boldness. Who are we to obey? You or God? And he gives the Holy Ghost to them that obey him. Well, now that we got it, amen, uh, you think we're going to stop now? I don't think so. I don't think so. Amen. And certainly, as I say, this particular scripture, uh, the Trinitarians get it wrong. Uh, we are the true Trinitarians. Amen. We have the revelation. We believe in the Father. We believe in the Son. We believe in the Holy Ghost. But we have the revelation that all of those three are one. They are one. He is the Father in creation. He is the Son in redemption. He's the Holy Ghost in us. Anybody feel him? Somebody say, I know he's alive. I can feel him in my hands. I can feel him in my feet. I can feel him all over me. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, John, the th 14th chapter of the gospel according to John. We'll bear that scripture out. He's the Father. He's the Son. He is the Holy Spirit. All right. John 14. He says, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. All right. 
This is in red. Jesus is speaking. Now let's pick it up here in John 14 and 9. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Philip said, uh, Jesus, show us the Father, and it will suffice us. And that was his response. Have I been so long with you, Philip? Come on, somebody, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Let's go down to verse 26. That's written in red. What does he say? But the Comforter, if you don't know what the Comforter is, which is the Holy Ghost, come on, somebody, my God, whom the Father will send in what? My name. Who's speaking? Jesus. The Father Jesus and the Father are one. He's going to send the Holy Ghost in his name. The person that's speaking, that's Jesus. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you, Jesus said, I and my Father are one. Did he not? How long have I been with you, Philip? And how long have you not known this? When you see me, you see the Father. I am and the Father are one. The Holy Ghost is going to be sent in my name. So what's that name? Jesus is the name of the Father. Jesus is the name of the Son. Jesus is the name of the Holy Ghost. And all of those three are one. That's the revelation. We are the true Trinitarians. We believe in the Father. We believe in the Son. We believe in the Holy Spirit. But we have the revelation that all three are one. And when I speak of revelation, I'm also talking about the book of Revelation. There was only one throne set in heaven and only one that sat upon it. My God, and his name is Jesus. All right. Uh, Galatians, the third chapter. I'm just going to do a little bit of my rant here. We've been hearing a whole lot about um, black Jews and black Hebrews and, and black Israelites. Well, uh, <laughs> if there was a such thing as a black Jew, uh, a, a black Hebrew, a black Israelite, that's us. I'm going to prove it to you. Galatians, the third chapter. Galatians, the third chapter. And anybody tell you they're black Jew, you ask them, well, how did you get to be a black Jew? And you show it to me in the scriptures. And then you turn it to your scripture. All right. Galatians, the third chapter, 26. And we're going to read down through 29. For ye are what? All the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. We have faith in Christ Jesus. God is a man of his word. For as many of you that have been baptized into Christ, we have, been, we have put on Christ. All right. Now, how did you get? to be a black Jew, a black Israelite, a, a black Hebrew. Well, I was baptized into Christ and I put on Christ. Now you show me where the scripture uh, proves that you're one. All right. There is neither. And this is what I, this is why I say, if there be any black Jews, uh, black Hebrews, black, black Israelites, um, because the scripture says right here, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For we are all one in Christ Jesus. 
And if ye be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed. My God. Through Abraham, God chose a people that were no people. My God. Uh, that's bringing back our, back our studies from Revelation. <laughs> it was through Abraham. Come on, somebody. All right. So if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now you tell that person, now Abraham was a Jew. And if he's my father, that makes me a black Jew. <laughs> you may not like it. That makes me a black Israelite, a black Hebrew. I'm on somebody, but I can prove it to you right here in the scripture. Abraham is my father. Abraham had many sons. Many sons had father Abraham. Come on, somebody. I am one of them, and so are you. If you have been baptized into Christ and put on Christ. My God. All right. We are the witnesses, the true witnesses of Jehovah. I told you all I'm on my rant here. <laughs> all right, we have been given the commandment to make more disciples. All right, now you remember those that said, well, we have baptized in your name. We have healed in your name. We have done many wondrous works in your name. And Jesus said, depart from me. I never. It's not like we had relationship and we fell out of relationship. I knew you and uh, I have rejected you. He said, I never, all of these things you've done in my name because there is power in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody, my God. But Jesus said, we never had relationship. I never had relationship with you. And uh, the one thing that he wants more than anything else is to have relationship with his people. He's going through all the things we're going through now to have relationship with us. All right. Told him to depart from me. I never knew you. Let's look at uh, Romans, the 10th chapter. Romans, the 10th chapter. If there's anybody that can be a true witness, it are the, it's those that's carrying the true message. Come on, somebody. There's a whole lot of confusion out there. There's a whole lot of noise out there. But that's not the message, the message that comes from God. All right, was Romans 10, 14, 15. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall the preacher preach? except he be sent. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Come on, somebody. All God-given, inspired, and anointed ministry. Come on, somebody. It must come from God. It must be God-anointed, uh, God-appointed, God-sanctioned. Come on, somebody. My God, we are the true witnesses of Jehovah. Acts 4 and 12 says what? Neither is there salvation in any other, 
For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. What is that name? Jesus. Come on, somebody. My God. There's a whole lot of witnesses out there, and the Bible tells us there are going to be some that I be Christ. They say he's going to be over here. Don't go over there. He's not there. Come on, somebody. My God. There's only one God-inspired, God-anointed, God-sanctioned ministry. And those that have it, come on, somebody, must be preaching the name of Jesus. There's no other name given unto heaven among men whereby we must be saved. Acts 4, 12. Read it for yourself. No other name. Come on, somebody. My God. Not only that, we have the baptism. We have the baptism. Amen. I just gave you that scripture. That's Acts uh, 4 and 12. There's no other name given unto heaven whereby we must be saved. All right. We have the baptism in the name that is above every other name. Why would I baptize them in a name that has no power? Why would I baptize in a name that has no authority to remit sin? All right. Not only do we have the baptism in Jesus' name, we have the full promise. Come on, somebody, of his word. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. My God. Acts 2 and 38. Acts 2 and 38. Two and thirty-eight. All right. Then Peter said unto them, "What? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the, Jesus, the Lord of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission. What is it for? The removal, the washing away, the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost." Not only do we have the baptism in Jesus' name, we have the promise, the full promise of His Word. Not only is it the baptism, you must have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. Except the man be born again, he cannot see. The Bible is talking about the understanding. Sometimes people can explain something to you and you say, well, I just can't see it. Well, so it is, you know, except the man be born again, he cannot see. Then he goes on to say, except the man be born of the water and of the spirit, having the full promise of God's word, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So it's not just the baptism. You got to have the full promise, the Holy Ghost that goes along with it. Amen. And he calls that a down payment. Can you imagine having the Holy Ghost? And that's just a down payment. My God. Anybody remember when you got the Holy Ghost? The euphoria you felt, the joy that overshadowed you, and God said it's just a down payment. Can you imagine that? Some of us ran all over the church. Some of us screamed to the top of our lungs. <laughs> My God, when the Holy Ghost came in, some people were even afraid. I've seen individuals, the Holy Ghost hit them, and, and a young man jumped out of his chair and jumped up in one of the, uh, uh, the people's lap that was tarrying with him. <laughs> Didn't know what it was. Look at a second Corinthians five in the fifth chapter. 
All right, it says, now he that hath wrought us for the self-same thing is God, the one that saved us for this purpose. Who is he? He is God. Amen. Who also have given us the earnest of the spirit. Come on, somebody. My God. We have another building not made with hands. It's eternal in the heavens. Come on, somebody. And at the end of this life, at the end of this journey, come on, somebody. We just have a down payment. Somebody say, in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. And at his right hands are what? Pleasure forevermore. We just got the down payment. We haven't got the full dose yet. Because this old corruptible must put on incorruptible. Come on, so this old mortal must put on immortality. It ain't going to be no uh, headache and heartache and depression and oppression, sickness, illness, disease over there. Come on, somebody. My God, we're going somewhere. We have the, not only do we have the baptism, we have the full promise. And uh, not only that, he, to let us know he's a man of his word, he gave us a, a down payment. The old folk would call it earnest money. If you're going to buy a house, they'll, they'll give you earnest. He called it the earnest of the spirit. Let you know I'm serious. Come on, somebody. My God. So he gave us the earnest of the spirit with the promise of the full payment. Somebody said, when I see Jesus... Amen. What a time of rejoicing that's going to be. Now, listen, let's go to Ephesians 4. Because we are the only church that is in Christ. Church of God in Christ. We are the only church that is in Christ. Ephesians 4. 1 through 6. Paul is writing. He says, I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all loneliness, meekness, with long suffering. We got to forbear one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. All right. What does he say? There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called into what? One hope of your calling, there's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism. Come on, somebody. My God. I don't know how many different modes of baptism is being practiced in the United States today. I didn't research it, but I, I, I could. Come on, somebody. But I know at one time there was many as 27 different modes of baptism. But he says, the word says there's one Lord, there's one faith, only one thing to believe in, only one to believe in. There's only one baptism. Who is he? He's one God and father of all. Who is what? Above all. He's through all and he's in us all. There's only one church of God in Christ. <laughs> My God, that's this church right here. What's his name? Jesus. My God, he's the father. 
He's the Son. He's the Holy Ghost. He's one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in us all. My God, thank God for the revelation of who Jesus is. Amen. We have the methods. You know that we have the methods of the Methodist church. Come on, somebody. Uh, Jesus told Nicodemus, let's go to Acts, the third chapter. He said something here that I want us to take into consideration. Acts, the third chapter and the eighth verse. You all remember Nicodemus slipped to Jesus by night. He was a member of the Sanhedrin court. And we, he said, uh, uh, we know that thou art a man, sin of God, because no man can do these miracles except God be with him. They knew. Come on, somebody. And Jesus started talking to him about the methods. You must be born again. This is God's method. Amen. He said, how can a man when he is old, can he enter a second time into his mother's womb? No, 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 Nicodemus. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. You've had your natural birth. Now it's time for your spiritual birth because you must be born again. My God, we talk about born again believers, but were you born the right way? Come on, somebody. Look at Acts 3 and 8. Jesus summed it up with this. He said, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof but cannot tell where it cometh and whether it goeth. So is everyone, not two out of three, not four out of five, not eight out of 10. So is everyone that is born of the spirit is going to receive it this way. Come on, somebody. We have the methods that the Methodist church claimed to have. Come on, somebody. If you're going to be born again, you're going to be born this way. And what do babies do when they're born? They cry. Scripture said, we cry, Abba, Father. Come on, somebody. My God. Everyone that's born of him is going to be born this way. And as a matter of fact, if you read up in this scripture, he talks about it's going to be more tolerable for those that are at, at Sodom. Come on, saying Capernaum, those that haven't even known me, for those that have known me and don't keep his commandment, mm, it'll be more tolerable for others that didn't know him than those that did know him and did not keep his commandment. Come on, somebody. We are the true Catholics. Matthew 11. We are the only ones that know that Jesus is God. Mary, the mother of Jesus, is not to be worshipped as God. Hmm. We know that Jesus is God and Mary, the mother of Jesus, 
cannot be worshiped as God. Matthew 11, 25 through 27. Matthew 11, 25 through 27. Come on, get it, read it with me. He said, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou has hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto babes. Who else said that? All right, I'll let you study it. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. That was his decision uh, to reveal unto those whom he wanted to have the message. Not everybody got the message. Some people are way off beat. Come on, somebody. But he, it, it seemed good in his sight. Amen. Look what he says. All things are delivered unto me of my father. And no man knoweth the Son, but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son. All right? And he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Who was the Son? Jesus. So Jesus have to reveal and give revelation unto you. All right? So revelation is essential. You have to have revelation. Your degrees, I don't care what kind of catechism, Catholicism uh, class teaching you have, you're not going to get any revelation from Mary, from worshiping Mary, to praying to Mary. Revelation only comes through Jesus. Come on, somebody, my God. Let me read that one more time. All things are delivered of, unto me of my father. And when we started out, it says, and Jesus said, and no man knoweth the son but the father, neither knoweth any man the father save the son, and he to whomsoever the son will reveal. Jesus have to reveal no man can come to the Father except the Son draw him. Jesus has to reveal himself unto you. Come on, somebody. So it, it takes more than just school knowledge and degrees and theology and religious study. It takes revelation. God has to reveal himself. It doesn't come from praying to Mary. It doesn't come from worshiping Mary. Revelation don't come from the mother of Jesus. Revelation only comes from God, Jesus himself. Come on, somebody. My God. All right. Let's go to John, the 20th chapter. Gospel according to John, the 20th chapter, 15th verse. They all ignored those early uh, messengers of Christ, and we have some. And guess what? Uh, individuals, they will ignore you, but you keep on teaching, keep on preaching, keep on praying, keep on witnessing. God is the only one that can give the increase. He said one can plant, another can water, but God is the only one that can give increase because 
He draws. You know, people, you know, I cringe when they say, well, I came to church and I got saved and I'm staying. Listen, you can't do nothing except God draw you. <laughs> it's not about you. It's all about him. Matter of fact, you can't even hold on to your little mind. You know, people talk about, I'll give you a piece of my mind. You better hold on to that little bit you got. And if, if God withdraw himself, you can wake up or, or even tonight not even know who you are. So he's the one that's keeping us alive. All right. All right. Uh, John uh, 20 and 15, Jesus said unto her, woman, why weepest thou? Who seeketh thou? She supposing him to be the gardener said unto him, sir, if you have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary. She turned herself and said unto him, Roboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father, but go uh, to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and to your father and to my God and to your God, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and they that she had spoken these things unto her. Mary, my God, uh, women were some of the first messengers of Christ. Mm, stuck around longer than others. Uh, Peter and that disciple, the one that out outran Peter to the, to the sepulcher. Looked in, he he ran, he outran Peter. He looked in, but he didn't go in. But when Peter came, uh, Peter went in and he went in with him. They saw, one of them believed, uh, and uh, Peter, I guess he wasn't quite sure. You know somebody? My God, but Mary stayed around and Jesus revealed himself unto her. My God, he said, go back and tell him, go back and tell him, my God, these words that I have spoken unto you. And the disciples were in disbelief, but that didn't change the message. It didn't change the message. He's still the resurrected savior. People may even reject you today in the message that you're giving to, to them. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Jesus is a savior. Jesus is a healer. Jesus is what you need. They may not receive it, but that does not change the message. We are the messengers of Christ. Come on, somebody. My God. And our message is consistent. Jesus is alive and well, and he wants to dwell on the inside of you. My God, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and he wants to dwell inside of you. All right. He spoke to those world, those disciples that were on the Emmaus Road. Luke 24. Luke 24 and 44.
Luke 24 and 44, and he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you that all things must be fulfilled. Now remember, he told them to meet him. But when it all went down, as a matter of fact, when it first started out, uh, the one that said, I'll be down with you. Come on, somebody. He told them, listen, now before the cock crow thrice, you will have denied me. I mean, that was when the first showdown. And what did they do? They all ran. My God. And Peter couldn't even stand up to a little damsel. Went back to cussing and fishing. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Until he was endowed with power from upon high. And got the boldness to say, now who are we to believe? You or God. That didn't come until after the Holy Ghost came. And you shall receive power, Acts 1 and 8, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. All right. But what did he, he came uh, when they, uh, he went to Calvary's cross and shed his blood to die, to pay the price of sin. My God. When crisis came, my God, what did he do? He that knew no sin became sin for us. Judgment, crisis. My God. All right. And they were leaving Jerusalem, said we thought he was the one. They were discouraged. Come on, somebody. And Jesus joined himself to the conversation. And he said unto them, uh, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the laws of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Come on, somebody. Then opened he their understanding that they might, what? Understand the scriptures and said unto them, thus it is written and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that what? Repentance and remission of sins should be preached in what? In his name. What name is that? Jesus. Among all nations beginning at Jerusalem, and ye are witnesses of these things. My God, isn't that what Paul said? And we are witnesses of these things. We saw him, the resurrected Jesus Christ. He's alive and well. Come on, somebody. My God, he's the resurrected savior. What is the message that should be preached uh, in his name among all nations? What is it? This is the baptism, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. He's alive and well. And guess what? That ought to be our burden today. I got to tell it everywhere I go. He's alive. He's well. Jeremiah said it's just like fire. Uh, I, I, I thought I was tricked. I thought this was going to be a popular message. I thought I was going to be a, a well-liked messenger. I, I thought my message would be well-received. <laughs> uh, Jeremiah said, you know what? I, I, I've been deceived. Come on, somebody. And he was locked up. And here comes the word from the Lord. How many know God always got a word for you? My God, even when you have failed, 
uh, a failed attempt to share his message, God will get you up and put you right back where he put you right back on the road to success. He said, it's just like fire. I got to tell it, it's part of my DNA. Amen. We have a hard time keeping quiet about things we're excited about. I know we do. I know we do. People tell you, well, Pastor, I'm going to tell you this, but, uh, you know, I, I, I haven't told nobody else. I said, wait a minute now, wait a minute now. If you ain't told nobody else, don't tell me because they, as excited as you are, I know you done told somebody else. And when you hear it again, you're going to be blaming it on me. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh-uh. You too excited. Just wait till you get ready to tell it and then you tell me. Anybody come to you? Oh, I, I just got to tell. Uh, yeah, you done told a few people. You've been hinting around and you know, sometimes people done guessed it. You've been uh, hinting around too much. So when we're excited about things, it's just like fire. Come on, somebody. I got to tell of his goodness. I got to tell of his grace. I got to tell of his mercy. Come on, somebody. My God. Surely, goodness and mercy, they're following me. <laughs> you can have that same assurance all the days of your life if, we'll, if you will accept our resurrected Savior. My God. Colossians. Paul writes, lets us know, ask the saints to pray. Anybody ask? Uh, the saints to pray to give you boldness in your ministry. Or you ask people to pray that you get over your wounds. You know, we, we feel, um, I remember uh, God telling Samuel, Samuel, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. I know somebody. Many times when we feel rejection, we want the saints to pray, but no, you ought to be praying that uh, God give you more boldness. My God. Colossians, the fourth chapter, verses one through five. All right, he says, we'll just read the whole thing, but we're going to get a, uh, the thought out of here. He says, masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. Continue in prayer. And watch in the same with thanksgiving. My God, we're all praying also for us that God will open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds, that I might make it manifest as I ought to speak, walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time. My goodness, goodness, this is a mouthful here. Redeeming the time. You don't know how much time that individual God is sending you to or has placed upon your heart how much time they have. You don't know how much time you have. And walk in wisdom toward them that are without. We were uh, talking about on uh, last Sunday in, in the message, you have profaned my name among the heathen. 
You gave me a bad reputation. The stuff to come out of your mouth. Come on, somebody. And God said, not only am I not I'm, am I going to sanctify my name, but I'm going to sanctify my name's sake. <laughs> I'm going to drive out the heathen that I use to uh, punish you. Then I'm going to turn around and restore you because I don't want them thinking their heathen gods were stronger than your God or Israel's God. Come on, somebody. My God, you profaned my name. You gave me a bad name. So what does Paul say in, in verse five here? Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. My God. And Paul says, with all, in verse three, with all praying also for us that God will open up a door of utterance. I want him to, to give me a, um, a segue into speaking about the gospel, speaking about Christ, for which I am also in bonds. Can you imagine that? He's locked up for witnessing, preaching, teaching, and then he's in prison uh, writing to the saints Pray that God will open up a door to utterance that I can continue to teach. That I can continue to preach. Oh, my God. That the jailer might be saved. <laughs> I don't send me no cigarettes, magazines. Come on, somebody. Pray that God will open up a door of utterance. And that's uh, the same thing, you know, uh, as we approach people, as we talk to people, as we interact with people, pray that God will open up a door of utterance. My God, the way you carry yourself, my God, it ought to open up a door of utterance. You know, you don't cuss and fuss and fight and, and you know, rebellious like other people are. You seem like you're not worried. But I tell him, oh, God is on my side and he's promised to fight my battles for me. And guess what? He'll fight your battles too. If you will accept him as your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, mm, God can open up a door of utterance that you might speak to them. Amen. And walk in wisdom toward them. Don't give God a bad name. I mean, even if you have to stand in the unemployment line with them, my God is still a good God. He's still an awesome God. Come on, somebody. He's still my Jehovah Jireh. He's my present help in the time of storm. My God, the mystery of Christ. In Matthew, the 13th chapter and the 11th uh, verse, he was talking to the people about the parable of the sower, talking about the seed and the sower and the ground, amen? Uh, the sower, which is the preacher or the, the messenger, the seed, which is the message, God's word, and the types of ground was the type of hearts that the seed falls upon. Come on, somebody. My God. He said, for they, they asked him, well, why do you speak in parables? He said, for you, it is to know the mysteries of Christ. Come on, somebody. But unto them, it is not given. And that's what uh, Paul is talking about, that I might make it manifest as I ought to speak. 
My God. In verse three, wherewithal praying for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to do what? Speak the mystery of Christ. We are the safekeepers, the gatekeepers of the mystery of Christ. It's a mystery when God can give you peace in the midst of a storm. Come on, somebody. And that's a door of utterance. People can ask you, why are you not nervous? Why are you not concerned? Come on, somebody. Because I keep my mind stayed on God and he promised me perfect peace. All right, 2 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2, Paul reminds us that we're all called to this ministry. We're all the safekeepers, come on somebody, of the mysteries of God. 2 Corinthians 4th chapter. Verses 1 and 2. You all have it say amen. 2 Corinthians 4 verses 1 and 2. We all, people say, well, I'm not a minister. Well, but you have ministry. I'm not called. Yes, you are. Amen. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord. Amen. We all uh, bear a burden to share this great gospel news to everybody we come in contact with. All right. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. There's no quitting. Come on, somebody. My God. We don't quit. We don't give up. We don't stop. God is able to give you mercy. Come on, somebody. Give you boldness. Open up a door of utterance. My God. But we have done what? We've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the what? Look at that. That's the lowercase God of this world, that's Satan, has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, come on somebody, his gospel, his word, in the beginning was the word. Come on, somebody. And the word became flesh. So this less the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God. Come on, somebody. The gospel is God. Should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus uh, the Lord and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus's sake. So through mer the mercy of God, we have all obtained the office of ministry. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, 
where in the world, and some of us know exactly where we would be or we, we would have died. Still in the crack house. Come on, somebody. Somewhere penniless in the number house. My God, still uh, thumbing through the dream book. Still addicted to drugs. Come on, somebody. But thank God for mercy. We have all obtained the office of ministry. My God. And this requires a real consecration, a real responsibility toward every man that we come in contact with. Those that believe and those that don't. It's a great responsibility. And what a blessing to be entrusted with such a great gospel. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Come on, somebody. My God. What a blessing that he, had in, he has entrusted us with such an important message that souls might be saved and come into the body of Christ. My God. Preachers, teachers, witnesses, remember we must stand in God's presence and we must be sure that we don't distort the message of God because we preach not ourselves. Come on, somebody, this is not about you. This is not about you. But it's all about him. Uh, Satan has blinded the world, but God gives light. And each and every one of us, we must reflect that light. We don't preach ourselves. Come on, somebody. You may have lost your job yourself, but he's still a Jehovah Jireh. Not Jehovah job. Nah, you know, I'm all bent out of shape and I can't witness and I can't tell nobody no, I lost my job, but he's still my Jehovah Jireh. He's still my provider. Oh, come on, somebody. My God. I'm not preaching myself, but it's all about him. What ministry are we talking about? Come on, somebody. Let's go to John 7. John 7. Those of us that have received, we ought to be happy, glad, proud, rejoicing to share with somebody else. John 7 and 37. All right, it says in that in uh, the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers, multiple streams of living water. But this spake he of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Come on, somebody. My God, he had to go off of that blood 
that he shed on Calvary's cross. Come on, somebody. Stand on at the front of the table as Jesus, the sacrificial lamb, and put it on the table, then go around the table and receive it to himself as the father. My God, who wouldn't serve a God like this? Jesus is the father. Jesus is the son. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. And all three are one. All right. So Jesus, he stood up on the seventh day of the feast. They had six days of holy convocation. On the seventh day was the day of the feast when all the table was spread with all kinds of uh, drink, meat, things that a man could refresh uh, the palate with. Come on, somebody. And he cried an urgent message. Come on, somebody. If you have a real thirst, he told the woman at the well, if you drink this water, you're going to thirst again. But I got water. If you drink this, you'll never thirst again. It was an urgent message. If you're tired of all of this, come. Come on, somebody. And drink this water that I have, my God, and out of your belly. If you have a real thirst, you know, people are going around satisfying themselves with things that don't satisfy. Come on, somebody. You just go from one high to the next high. One disappointment to the next disappointment. This will make you feel good. Come on, somebody. You take the pills, but then you wake up in the morning and you feel worse. Jesus said, I got water that if you drink this, my God, you can stay high. Come on, somebody. You'll never thirst again. Out of your belly will flow multiple streams of living water. That definition of a, a river, it has an inlet, it has an outlet, and by definition, if you get the definition of river, that means it never dries up. Now, a uh, what's called, an, if you have an inlet and no outlet, come on somebody, that becomes a pool, and it fills up, and after it fills up, the water just keeps on running. And that becomes a dead pool of water. And nothing can live without water. My God. It's stagnant. It's dead. But if a man have a real thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Come on, somebody. My God. Each and every one of us, this is the message that we have to share with those individuals that are going from party to party, from partner to partner, cheating on their spouse, cheating in their marriage. Come on, somebody. My God. One underhanded situation to a next my God, and only becoming more reckless 
and less satisfied. Jesus said, if you have a real thirst, come to me. Come on, somebody. He was talking about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. My God, hallelujah. Each and every one of us, we ought to be excited for anybody we come in contact. Honey, I know you've done here, you've gone that, you tried this, but why don't you try Jesus? Because Jesus, he satisfies. Amen. John 4 and 10, the woman at the well. John 4 and 10, we talked about it, but we can, uh, we may as well get the scripture reference. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee what? Living water, running fresh water, an inlet, an outlet, come on somebody, and it never dries up. Matter of fact, the, the previous Scripture reference we read is that out of his belly shall flow rivers, not just one, rivers, multiple life-giving, life-sustaining water. Come on, somebody. My God, come get this water. Jesus is giving it away. My God, life-sustaining water. How does this work? Let's go to Acts, the third chapter. Go back to Acts, the third chapter. Peter and John said, silver and gold. Have we none but such as I have? Saints, we got to realize we have something to offer the world. Jesus said, he that liveth and believeth on me, Whosoever liveth and believeth on me shall never die. Believest thou this? Do we actually believe that as the messengers of Christ? Do we actually believe that? You can tell your enemy, I can't die. I know you're huffing, puffing, trying to blow my house down, destroy me, destroy my marriage, destroy my job, take my peace, take my joy, rape me of the things that God has freely given to me. But the Bible says, he that li whosoever liveth and believeth upon me shall never die. Do you believe it? My God. Look at this, Acts 3, 4, uh, 5, and 6. And Peter fasting his eyes upon him with John. Now this is Peter and John. This is the man that was at the gate, beautiful, who was asking in an alms, who had been lame from his mother's womb. Come on, somebody. Peter, John, at, the, at that certain hour, they were going to the temple to worship. And they uh, came across this man. He had been there a long time and he was looking for money. And they said, no, you don't need money. You're in need of something else. See, a lot of people, you know, uh, when I used to consult downtown Detroit, I used to have a whole lot of people, uh, street 
uh, people, uh, can I get a dollar? Can I get $10? I said, I'm, I'm on my way to the restaurant here. Come on with me. I will buy you lunch. Oh. They want money. They, they don't want to hear that message. They think the answer is money, but it's beyond money. Come on, somebody. My God. All right. And Peter, when they encountered this man, he fastened his eyes upon him with John. He said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Not from God, from them. The saints, the messengers of God, we have something in us to offer the world. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Come on, somebody. Such as I have, the message, the messengers of Christ. We're carrying life-giving, life-sustaining water. Such as I have. Give I unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Come on, somebody. Guess how many more souls were saved that day as a result of him leaping into the temple? Everybody's like, wasn't that that was the man that was lame from his mother's womb? He Man, he's leaping into the temple. Another 5,000 souls were saved as a result of his healing. Isn't that the person that was addicted to gambling? Man, isn't that the guy that's, that's always strung out on drugs? Isn't that the one that always beat his wife and cheating on his wife? Always losing his, his job? As a result of one individual getting saved, others can come to Christ. My God. Look on us, such as I have. I got a message. I got a life-giving message, a life-sustaining message. Come on, somebody. From the inside of the messengers of Christ. My God. And I don't want to be those one of those ones that stymie God. You know, if we don't believe this thing, guess what? He can't work through you. My God, the Bible tells us in Mark 6 and 5, he couldn't do any mighty works, but lay hands on, on, on a few sick folk. Come on, somebody. We actually can tie the hands of God. A lack of faith. I'm talking about even the message givers. We have to believe that God heals, that God delivers, that God sets free. Come on, somebody. My God. He sets the captives free. You have something in you to share with a sick and dying world. Come on, somebody. My God. All right, 2 Timothy, 4th chapter, verse 1 and 5. Paul is writing to Timothy, letting them know that God is coming back and time is running out. Time is running out. Second Timothy. 
fourth chapter, one through five. He said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall do what? Judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort. Uh, I need to break that down a little bit. We 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 kind of like the that reprove. We like that rebuke. Uh, but what about the exhorting? Sometimes we want to use God's word as as a sledgehammer and tell people you ain't saved and you ain't gonna make it in. I got enough bad news. Give me some good news. <laughs> my God, God can reach down even in my situation and lift me out. Come on, yeah, reprove, rebuke, but exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, enduring afflictions, do the work of an evangelist. Come on, somebody. Can he send you to the desert? Can you join yourself to the chariot? Come on, somebody. I mean, for Philip to uh, approach a black man in the desert, <laughs> my God, an Ethiopian eunuch, can he send you? Come on, somebody. My God. Do the work of the evangelist. Make full proof of your ministry. God has not saved you. My God, to just sit down, uh, to be uninspired. The Lord is soon to come. There's a sick and dying world out there. Somebody needs to receive the message that's in your belly. My God, that they might be saved before it's everlasting too late. All right. Um, Romans, I don't want to run out of time. 1 and 14. That was Saul that had his Damascus road experience. Come on, somebody. He said he could have killed me right there while I was in Judaism, but he allowed me to live and I'm indebted. Look what he says. Uh, Romans 1 and 14. I'm indebted both to the what? Greek and to the barbarians, to the wise and to the unwise. Come on, somebody. God could have killed me on the Damascus road while I was going down to Damascus to persecute the saints even more. But he shined the light on me. Come on, somebody. He said, who art thou, Lord? He said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuteth. He could have killed me, but he blinded my eyes and went on down and saw a man Name Ananias. Come on, somebody. And Ananias said, uh, God, I'm afraid of that dude. He's crazy. Jesus said, no, that's okay. <laughs> I got him under control now. And Ananias said, uh, uh, Saul, Paul, 
the Lord, even Jesus, has sent me unto you. Come on, somebody, that you might receive your sight. My God, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. All right. So he says he could have killed me. Uh, and because of what he did for me, and the mercy he had upon me, my God, since I can't pay him, it's payable to everybody I come in contact with. What did he say? The Greeks, the civilized, the barbarians, that's the uncivilized, to the wise, the educated people, to the unwise, the uneducated people, people uptown, people downtown. Come on, somebody. Everybody I come in contact with, since I owe him, it's payable to everybody I come in contact with. My God, he could have killed me while I was yet in my sins. My God, but God, who was rich in mercy, my God, had mercy upon me. And if he had mercy upon me when I was yet undone, wretched, and in my sin, guess what? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. My God, if I can have mercy on somebody else like he had mercy upon me, I can get mercy myself. Come on, somebody. And guess what? Even after being saved, I still need mercy. I still need the mercy of God. All right, Galatians. Uh, Paul said that many times they were not appreciative of his ministry. Galatians 4, 14 and 15. Uh, we got a few scriptures we need to get through here. Matter of fact, put that one in your notes. Galatians 4, 14 and 15. Uh, at one time, they received Paul's message gladfully, joyfully. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, but they had come to a point now they were not appreciative of his ministry. Come on, somebody. My God. Now, listen. Messengers bear gifts. You, you, you think about that. A messenger bears gifts. We're bearing gifts. But everybody's not going to have that discernment. But don't let that be a discouragement unto you. Ephesians 4. 11 through 13. Paul talks about the gifts given to the body of Christ. Ephesians 4. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, and he gave some what? Apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Uh, fourfold ministry, that's pastors that can teach. Pastors with the ability to teach. Fourfold ministry. What did he give it for? Verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. My God, how can an individual be perfected without the God-given, God-ordained ministry?
Come on, somebody. A God anointed, a God appointed messenger. Amen. A God gives them. They don't self-appoint themselves. Many of them do, but they're not of God. We're not self-appointed. Why does he give uh, individuals these gifts to uh, the church? For the perfecting of the body, teaching, equipping saints with the word that they themselves might be uh, capable ministers, have uh, anointed ministries. Come on, somebody. That they can witness to someone, comfort someone with the same comfort we were comforted. My God, come on, somebody. For the edifying of the body of Christ to build the church up numerically and spiritually. It starts at the head. It flows through the body and then to the world by the members. Come on, somebody. All of us have a message. We are the, we carry the message. We have the DNA. Come on, somebody. It's in you. My God. And the world can be saved through the messengers of Christ. My God. All right. Luke 7. We need to understand that our position, our role, our purpose is important. There are no big eyes and little U's in the body of Christ. Come on, somebody. Even the baby toe is necessary. Amen. Every member of the body, he placed us in here as it pleases him. All right. Luke 7, 27, 28. This is he of whom it is written, behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before thee. For I say unto you, among those that are born of a woman, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he is the least in the kingdom of God. Um, he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. My God. He's talking about John the Baptist. That preach. Come on, somebody. My God. But he said he that is least in the kingdom of God, the one that was crying in the wilderness. Come on, somebody. My God. Um, that was in, uh, what was it? Bear, bear skin. <laughs> My God. Repent the kingdom of God is at hand. But he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than him. Why? Because we are the forerunners now. Come on, somebody. We're like the secret service that goes before. Uh, you know, when you go on your job and every in the malls and, and in the shopping centers, when they get to the church, that won't be the first that they've heard about Jesus. They should have heard it from you before they sit down and hear a message or a Bible class in the church. We are the forerunners of Christ, making things straight. Uh uh, John the Baptist, um, he was not a, a forerunner where he was a physical preparation. It was a spiritual preparation of the hearts of men that they might be saved. Come on, somebody. We are the messengers of Christ. John was a great messenger, 
but we're greater than him. The Bible says greater works shall you do. We are important in the eyes of God. Amen. Mark, the first chapter, verses one and two. How important are we in the kingdom of God? Mark, the first chapter, verses one and two. In the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God, as it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Come on, somebody. So God is using us to prepare the hearts of men. He sends his messenger. Come on, somebody. Paul was the one that said, I, uh, I was caught up in the third heavens and res, uh, received divine revelation. Come on, somebody. But what did he do? He went back to the other apostles and made sure he had the same message. Even though he, he got it direct revelation from God. The message doesn't change. It doesn't matter who's carrying it. It's the same message. My God, the gospel, the plan of salvation that men might be saved from a dying world. 2 Corinthians 8 and 23, Paul called us the messengers of Christ. 2 Corinthians 8, 23. Whether any do inquire of Titus, he is my partner and fellow helper concerning you. Or if they inquire of any of our brethren, be inquired of, who are they? They are the messenger of the churches and the glory of Christ. Come on, somebody. The message of the church comes through the head, gets in all of the members, and we have God-sent ministry that goes out into the world. Come on, somebody. My God. God uses his anointed ministry to preach and to teach to a sick and dying world. My God. Each and every one of us, we ought to know how honorable it is, what a blessing it is, the gravity, the weight, the responsibility to bear this great gospel news. My God, that Jesus died. Come on, somebody. He went to the cross. They strung him high, stretched him wide. He hung his head, and it was for you that he died. Come on, somebody. God loves you. He loves the sinner. He loves the homosexual. Come on, somebody. He loves the lesbian. He died for us all. That message has to get out. It has to get out. It cannot stop. All right, 2 Corinthians 6, 1 through 3. Don't let the saving of our soul be in vain. We then, as workers together with him, I'm beseeching you, I'm begging you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation, giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. Come on, somebody. 
I heard you when you cried. I secured you when you were lost. Come on, somebody. Look, now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. Well, I'm going to wait till I get seasoned in the word. No, I'm going to wait till I don't have no problem. No, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You don't know how much time God is going to allow and tarry and wait. My God, before he comes back for his bride. You don't know that individual that God is telling you to join yourself to and minister to. You don't know how much time they have. My God, now is the time. And look with verse three, giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. Uh, don't profane his name among the heathen. Don't do that. Come on, somebody. Many times we give God a bad name when we go singing the gospel blues uh, just like the world. Why me and why I got to go through this and why? This is the day that the Lord has made. I don't mean all my bills are paid and I don't have a pain or a care in the world, but I'm going to rejoice and be glad. Second Corinthians 7 verses 1 and 2. Don't destroy your message. Come on, somebody. Saints, we need to have a good report within and without. Otherwise, you distort the message. If you out there cussing, drinking, oh, come on, somebody. My goodness. Then turn around and talk about, hey, come to church with me. I don't think so. Look what he says. 2 Corinthians 7, 1 and 2. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the what? Fear of God. What are you fearing? I don't want him to come back and catch me not ready. Receive us as we have wronged no man. We have corrupted no man. We have defrauded no man. Amen. Our hands are clean. I'm not uh, running with somebody else's wife, somebody else's husband. Of verbally abusing, physically abusing. Come on, somebody. My God. Our message is not destroyed by the life that we live before others. All right. And the last verse, 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 5. We have to be reminded. We do our dossier. We understand every fighter. Uh, looks at the tapes of his opponent. Every team, basketball team, football team, studies the tapes of their opponent. And God is letting us know what the enemy is doing. And we have to refute this. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 5. But if our gospel be hid... If, our, if somebody can't see you living the life, watch you walk up right before God. Come on, somebody. Uh, if you can't be the peacekeeper, come on, somebody. If you're the one walking in with confusion, your gospel is hid. Somebody ought to be able to look at you and see Christ because you're reflecting his light. 
If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the lowercase God, that's Satan, of this world, he's the God of this world, he has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. This is the message that we have. It's a glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus's sake. Come on, somebody. Then he turned around and said, blessed are you when they persecute you. Come on, somebody. My God, for his sake and for the word's sake. Each and every one of us, saints, listen, uh, let's not allow this gospel to be hid. Amen. Our light, amen, which is a reflection of him, ought to draw souls to Christ. All right. Don't forget, don't forget, if there's ever a time, my God, it's crucial that we get this message out. It is in these last and evil days. And a lot of people are searching that you wouldn't even suspect. Stay on the wall. Stay on the wall. Stay on the wall. Amen. Uh, uh, be about the Father's business. Amen. Uh, this is a great work. This is a great work. Lord, strengthen our hands for the work. May God bless you. May God keep you new grace. Amen. This is something that has been on my heart for a long time. I know a lot of us, we have been consumed uh, with this pandemic and, and people have kind of uh, gotten into a mode. I got to take care of me and got to take care of mine. But there is a sick and dying world that needs to be saved. And God succored you. Come on, somebody. My God, now is the time. The day is at hand that you secure somebody else. Comfort somebody else with that comfort that have comforted you. My God, that they might be saved before it's everlasting too late. May God bless you. May God keep you is our prayer. New Grace, you know the routine. But those that have not been baptized in Jesus' name, you haven't been filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, call us 734-477-6891. If you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, you haven't been filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, we want to share with you this great gospel news. We want to pray with you. We want to baptize you in the name of Jesus, and God himself will fill you with his spirit by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. My God, before it's everlasting too late, anybody know the world and day and time in which we live? The Bible says they'll be calling right wrong and wrong right. My God, people's minds are deceived. See that no man deceive you. Come on, somebody. What shall be the sign of thy coming? Come on, somebody. My God, people's minds are deceived. My God, deception is the order of the day, but God gives light. Amen. 
I want to encourage you, if you haven't made your calling and election sure, call us, 734-477-6891. Amen. We will baptize you in the name of Jesus, and God himself will fill you with his spirit by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. When he comes in, he speaks, and the Lord himself writes your name in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. God bless you. May God keep you is our prayer.